kid, everybody be icy. Million dollar pots, yeah. always there to watch. Y'all yeah. know what I wrestle with. I used to be reckless. Now I'm trying to tell y'all what the message is. Definitely. Things are getting strange. Oh, uh, yeah. Welcome, true believers, to Wrestle with Hope. A wrestling podcast with Saturday morning sentiment and Sunday morning values. I'm your host, Wayne Cordova. As you know, my wrestling fandom covers the birth of Hulkamania, past the Monday Night Wars, and all the way to this modern era. Each episode will hit a topic about what's happening this week in wrestling currently, something that happened this week in wrestling in the past, and give the go-home signal with the Wrestle with Hope word for the week. Along with uh, the along the way, you know, you'll find a glimpse of what my wrestling past was like, and why I still watch now. So, without further ado, let's go into what's happening this week in wrestling. This week in wrestling, we just had the Clash of Champions pay per view this last uh, Sunday night, and um, you know, Clash of Champions comes out with this promise of every title in the WWW wait in the WWE main roster on the line I um, I threw in an extra W felt like I was back in the uh, 70s again um, we uh, got you know we we got the promise of all these titles you know being put on the line and then uh, we also uh, had another match kind of thrown in there with with Roman reigns so uh, let's kind of take a look at the results of what happened with this pay-per-view and then really it's it's kind of like, you know, we really kicked it into high gear to move right on into the next thing, uh, which is Hell in the Cell, in just about three weeks. So uh, at the start of Clash of Champions, you have the kickoff show, and uh, and you have the kickoff championship on the line. Sorry, the Cruiserweight Championship on the line, which honestly might as well be, if you started calling the championships what they were, the, the, the Cruiserweight Championship would be the kickoff championship because it gets defended every kickoff show. Uh, and honestly, the 24-7 championship would be the uh, best roll-up championship because uh, you only win that with a roll-up for some reason. Uh, you would think that these guys would figure that out by now. Anyway, Cruiserweight Championship match. You had Drew Gulak, the champion, defeating Lince Dorado and Humberto Carrillo. Carrillo, he hit an Aztec press on Dorado, and then uh, the old switcheroo happened. Gulak tossed him into the ring post and then stole the pin to win the match and retain the Cruiserweight Championship. Incidentally, uh, I have a feeling that 205 Live is going to get canceled or, or moved. And just because with all this uh, kind of uh, changing up that's happening with the NXT schedule, it really looks like the Cruiserweight Championship is going to become a secondary championship on NXT, which from the get-go, since the Cruiserweight Classic, I had said that... Uh, I think 205 Live better is suited for is better suited for uh, full sale in that intimate setting than anything else, and um, it probably would have done it a lot better justice if 205 Live or whatever cruiserweight show you wanted to call it was just there at full sale. But anyway, Drew Gulak walking away as the champion, and then the next match. This was a total surprise to me as far as it being on the pre-show on the kickoff show. Okay. The United States Championship, defended by AJ Styles. AJ Styles, a former world champion, uh, probably the greatest wrestler on the roster right now, the best wrestler on the roster right now, defending the United States Championship on the kickoff show. Now, I get it. 
It's the United States Championship, and the WWE version of that championship is not as prestigious as it once was in the National Wrestling Alliance or in WCW. But still, for AJ Styles to be relegated to the kickoff show and on top of that, to put on a really great match for how short it was with Cedric Alexander, unbelievable. Um, Right away, Cedric Alexander uh, nailed AJ with a Michinoku driver Right, like in the first second of the match, and I thought for a second we would have like a, a quick pin situation, but we didn't. At the end of the day, AJ Styles, the champion, defeated Cedric Alexander and retained the United States Championship. Styles retained after a phenomenal forearm and the Styles Clash after the match. Of course, the OC beat down Alexander three on one. This is far from over. Uh, in the main show... The Raw Tag Team Championship match, Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode defeated Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman for the Raw Tag Team Championship. Strowman inadvertently shoulder-checked Roode into Rollins and was dumped out of the ring by Ziggler, allowing Roode to hit the glorious DDT on Rollins and win the Raw Tag Team Championship. Of course, later on in the night, Strowman would go on to face Seth Rollins for the Universal Championship. We'll get there. In a second, the next match was SmackDown's women's championship match. You had Bailey, the champion, defeating Charlotte Flair, uh, and, and I believe this match was like four minutes long, like not even. It was a total shocker from Bailey in this new heel persona. Bailey removed the turnbuckle pad on the bottom rope and pulled Flair down into the exposed turnbuckle, knocking Flair out long enough for Bailey to win the match. Listen, not only did she get the quick pin. She grabbed her championship and she hightailed it out of there. I mean, you're talking ultimate heel tactics, stuff that she learned probably from Ric Flair and defeating Charlotte that way, number one, solidified her down as as a heel, and number two, uh, right away, makes Charlotte the face, makes Charlotte the good guy in all this. So um, it's... It's interesting to see what's going on with Bailey. I want to see a little bit more of a difference, though. I want to see a bigger change happen in Bailey. I want her to, um, you know, change up her look, take the ponytail out or something. I want her to drop the inflatable buddies. Uh, although maybe just the irony of all that, you know, is kind of what's making it even more heelish. But I don't know. We'll see. The SmackDown Tag Team Championship was on the line, and the Revival defeated. The New Day to become the new SmackDown Tag Team Champion. Scott Dawson tapped out Xavier Woods with an inverted figure four leg lock to win the match and the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. After the match, the Revival cut a big promo on the crowd talking about old school tag team wrestling and how it is back now that they are the champions. I'm a big fan of the Revival. Their stuff in NXT was completely classic. And and this was good. I got to tell you, New Day... uh, it's, it's hard for them to have a bad match with somebody. So uh, New Day and Revival, that was great. This is probably just the beginning of their rivalry. We'll have to see where it goes. Then moving on to the Women's Tag Team Championship, you had Alexa Bliss taking on Fire and Desire. Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross defeated Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. Cross pinned Rose with a rope-assisted rope, with a rope neckbreaker to retain the championship. And during the match, by the way, our truth ran into the ring, trying to escape the 24-7 division, and almost got pinned by Bliss in the middle of all that. 
and then he was able to run out and escape into the crowd. So uh, not I wasn't a huge fan of that because I wanted the match to be the match and all that, but wouldn't have been funny if Bliss won, like just won the 24-7 championship and then had to keep on going with the tag team championship match. So anyway, would have been cool. Would have been fun. That 24-7 championship, I got to tell you, I thought it was going to be the dumbest thing in the world. And uh, I can't help but just be entertained every time I see it. I'm, I I was highly sports entertained every time I see it. I just wish that they figure out a way to, you know, do something beyond roll-ups to win. You know, just be, I don't know, that's just me. Let's, let's change it up. You know, it doesn't have to be a hardcore championship. Just kind of, you know, maybe, maybe hit somebody. Maybe actually incapacitate your opponent. That'd be good. Uh, moving on to the next championship match. The Intercontinental Championship match between Shinsuke Nakamura and The Miz. Nakamura defeated The Miz. Miz had the match won with a skull-crushing finale, but then Sami Zayn distracted the referee. The Miz chased Zayn around. Why would you do that? Why would you chase Sami Zayn around the ring, and then all you're doing is allowing Nakamura to hit a surprise kick and then a Kinshasa to win the match? And honestly, it's just one of those things. I was rooting for The Miz. I wanted The Miz to win. I love Shinsuke Nakamura, but I want The Miz to continue to elevate the Intercontinental Championship. Now, honestly, this was a great match. The Miz continues to improve more and more and more to the point where he had an awesome match with Shinsuke Nakamura, of all people. This is amazing. And then you know, had the match won with the skull-crushing finale, but nope. Sami Zayn, who's doing a great job as being uh, Shinsuke's uh, quarter man, totally distracted Miz. Miz loses the match. Not cool. Not cool. Maybe Miz lost his mojo when Maurice um, had to step away again and have um, baby number two. Who knows? I don't know. The next match here was the Raw Women's Championship match. I thought this was going to be the main event of the evening, but we did not. Knowing what the finish was, I get it now. The Raw Women's Championship match, Sasha Banks defeated the champion, Becky Lynch, by disqualification. That means that Becky retains the championship but loses the match. Banks repeatedly tried to use a steel chair behind the referee's back. And then finally, Lynch grabbed the chair and tried to hit Banks, but accidentally hit the referee, knocking him out, getting herself disqualified. Then Lynch and Banks fought all around the arena until they were right back into the ring where Lynch put a chair-assisted disarmor on Banks and had they had to get pulled apart. All this leads now to their Hell in a Cell match in just three weeks. They got nowhere to go. They're going to be inside the cell. And uh, nowhere to run. They can't run up and down the steps anymore. They can't do that. They got to keep the match in the ring. And um, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a nice little, um, nice brutal match. And then the women again, um, you know, in this. And I think the best two people for this match would be Sasha and Becky. If you're going to have a Hell in a Cell match, you got to do it between these two. And man, it's gonna it's gonna be great. I'm 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 really looking forward to it. Uh, I'm I'm a I'm a big fan. I don't know where it's going to lead. I still have this feeling that Becky's going to get moved back. To SmackDown, so uh, we'll have to see, and maybe all four horsewomen will get involved, and maybe we'll get our fatal four-way match down the road, maybe at Survivor Series. So who knows? Um, if, by the way, if Becky, if if Sasha wins at Survivor Series, she would end up facing Bailey. If that's what happens, if not, then you'd get Becky versus Bailey. Still would be a great match, but either way, the mo of the Survivor Series is champion versus champion on all the divisions. So. We'll have to see where that actually leads. And then do we include NXT in that now? Ooh, who knows? Shayna Baszler. Baszler versus Banks versus Bailey. 
she would just destroy everybody, I think, right? Mm, that's a good possibility. Let's see. We uh, in, in our uh, final three matches here, we had the WWE Championship match. Kofi Kingston defeated Randy Orton. Kingston avoided a punt and encountered with Trouble in Paradise to win the championship. And uh, man, Kofi keeps knocking over all of his opponents uh, and uh, just ra- racking up the wins after win after win. And then uh, we'll have to talk about SmackDown in, in, in a little bit because his biggest challenge is about to come in just a couple of weeks. So here we go. Uh, we had a no disqualification match between Eric Rowan and Roman Reigns. Guys, get this. Eric Roman, Eric Rowan defeated Roman Reigns. Reigns appeared to have the match in hand until guess who? Yeah, 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 yeah. Luke Harper made a surprise return and attacked him. Am I smiling? You can't tell. You can't tell if I'm smiling. Number one, I'm really happy because Luke Harper is back. I am I've missed him and I am so excited that he is back. The former Bludgeon Brothers teamed up against Reigns and Rowan pinned Reigns after an iron claw slam. And uh, there you have it. And then uh, later on in that week, they attacked Daniel Bryan as well. And, I mean, Harper and Rowan left them all lying there. I don't know what this is going to mean for the future, but I'm, I am I went from not caring to immediately caring just because Luke Harper showed up. And I uh, wasn't a fan of the car crash and uh, dropping the boxes on people as a uh, angle, but I'm really excited about Harper being back. Let's hear it for Luke Harper, former Intercontinental Champion, by the way. And I'm just glad that he's being used and they're not just making him sit out on his contract. For the Universal Championship, in the main event, we had Seth Rollins defeating Braun Strowman to retain the Universal Championship. Strowman kicked out of three stops. Rollins was finally able to put him down after a pedigree of all things. Stomp after stomp after stomp after stomp. And then the pedigree got landed. A little blast from the past, followed by the fourth stomp. And then Seth Rollins won. Let me tell you something, guys. In my opinion, this was Braun Strowman's best match ever. Best match ever. This is the best I've ever seen him, the most I've ever seen him do in a match. I don't think that Seth Rollins necessarily carried him either. I mean, he did great. I mean, Seth Rollins definitely directed the course of that match. But Braun did some amazing stuff in this match. Just the energy and the feel, it was it was just great. I saw him as a threat. I thought he might have won at some point. So uh, go back and check that match out. Seth Rollins defeating Braun Strowman immediately after the match, by the way. The lights went out. Everything started to flicker. And then all of a sudden, Bray Wyatt shows up behind Seth Rollins, the fiend, and he hits the sister Ab- Abigail Choking him out with a mandible claw. And ladies and gentlemen, the match is set. Hell in the cell. Seth Rollins is going to be defending the Universal Championship against the Fiend, Bray Wyatt. I can't wait to see that. I don't know what they're going to do. Maybe a little bit too soon. I don't think I want my Bray Wyatt winning a championship right away and like all this kind of stuff because the champion's got to lose it eventually. You know what I mean? I don't want the Fiend to lose. I want him to be on this pay-per-view winning streak all the way to WrestleMania to where he faces The Undertaker and then defeats The Undertaker and the torch has been passed on like I thought it would be all along. That's just my fantasy booking in my head. Sometimes I feel like I could write it all out and everybody would enjoy seeing it because I think taking The Fiend undefeated all the way to WrestleMania 
to take out the Undertaker. I think that would be a great match. And there, in, you know, in Tampa and all that, you got a pirate ship. It would just be, you know, that's that's just what I got in my head. So looking forward to that. That wraps up the uh, Clash of Champions. A few more things that happened this week, guys. Just uh, kind of, you heard me talk about King of the Ring for like the last three weeks. My bracket was busted. I didn't know what to do. I decided, I said, you know what, looking at the way it's going, it really looks like they're going to coronate Baron Corbin. It really looks like they're going to put it on this guy with total go-away kind of heat. Like, nobody nobody liked Baron Corbin. Nobody enjoyed Baron Corbin until the finals of the King of the Ring. And out of nowhere, Baron Corbin pulls off this incredible match with Chad Gable. Now, again, does the credit go to Chad Gable or does the credit go to Baron Corbin? I'm not 100% sure, but listen, Baron Corbin defeats Chad Gable for the king of the ring. Corbin won a competitive match by countering a tornado DDT uh, to, and, and then uh, into the end of days. And then Baron Corbin is now our 2019 king of the ring. King Corbin, ladies and gentlemen, got coronated on SmackDown the next day. And then uh, Baron Corbin, he had his, uh, you know, his whole ceremony, his coronation. He called out uh, Chad Gable, made a few short jokes about him. I don't get it. And then Gable attacked and Gable tore up Corbin's king cape, his scepter, stomped on his crown and all of that. And I hope, I hope, I hope that just kind of puts the king gimmick to bed and we don't really have to actually see King Corbin the rest of the year. That's not, I'm not a fan of that. I'm just a fan of the title. Hey, I won King of the Ring. Here's something else for you to brag about. You know, you have the bragging rights of being King of the Ring. I don't necessarily want an actual king walking around. Seldom does that actually work. Unless your name is King Booker. Anyway, uh, seldom does that really work walking around with that crown all the time. I don't know why Vince is a fan of it, but he is. Also on SmackDown, by the way, Kofi Kingston won a uh, six-man tag team match for his team with Trouble in Paradise. The uh, New Day taking on The Revival and Randy Orton. Trouble in Paradise on Scott Dawson. He won with the one, two, three. After the match, Brock. Less, no, let me say it again. Brock Lesnar shows up with Paul Heyman and challenges Kofi Kingston to a WWE championship match on SmackDown's Fox debut on October the 4th. Remember, SmackDown's moving to Friday nights, um, and uh, it's gonna they're going to be on Fox. I don't... i got to still figure out how I'm going to be covering all this. But anyway, uh, SmackDown's moving over to Fox on October the 4th, and they found their big money match. Brock Lesnar versus WWE champion Kofi Kingston for the championship. Kingston accepted, and Le- and Lesnar attacked him with the F5. What a statement. Am I a fan of it? Eh. I mean, I'm uh, Brock Lesnar, last time we saw him, he lost the Universal Championship, and so now all of a sudden he has the right to go and challenge for the other main championship? I don't know. I mean, like, I... I don't know. Brock Lesnar just seems like he can do anything he wants, and Vince just lets him. And so, you know, Vince McMahon knows that Brock Lesnar is going to bring ratings, and so they want the big ratings on October the 4th when they debut on Fox. So there you have it. My hope, my hope, my hope is that uh, I don't want Brock Lesnar to win. I don't want the Kofi. I don't want Kofi Mania to end. I just want it to get interesting. I just want it to get exciting. So maybe this is the step to making it exciting. Maybe this rivalry with Brock Lesnar, it'll lead to something down the road. It'll lead to something in Royal Rumble or something like that. I don't want that 
at WrestleMania necessarily. So, you know, we'll, we'll just have to see. But I want Kofi to retain against Brock Lesnar somehow, some way. Let's make that happen, shall we? Okay. <laughs> All right. So here we go. Um, NXT. NXT uh, debuted live on Wednesday night, 8 o'clock on the USA Network. The first hour was on USA. The second hour was on the WWE Network. That's only for a couple of weeks until um, they get their schedule straight with Suits, the show Suits. Uh, was taking dominance over that 9 o'clock spot. But now when it is over, they will be moving NXT to the full two hours on the USA Network. And this first two-hour live show was awesome. If you wanted to show what NXT was all about, you brought it and you showed everybody because you opened up the whole show with a fatal four-way match. I mean, first off, you had Triple H doing his NXT speech, and that was really awesome, and it was great. He shows up at Full Sail. Everybody loves Triple H at Full Sail. They don't like him anywhere else. At Full Sail, Triple H is a total face, okay? Uh, anywhere else, they, they boo him. They don't like him uh, unless they, he, they get reminded that he's, he's Papa H, Papa H from NXT. He opens up with his NXT speech. I really thought he was going to say, are you ready? But he, he didn't. He didn't do that. He just came out. And the crowd was there. They were excited. I saw Izzy in the front row, and all was well. And uh, now we have NXT, okay? It's, it, in my mind, it's not NXT without Izzy in the front row. Izzy was there in the front row, and I was happy to see that. And now, what better way to open it up than with a fatal four-way? You had a number one contenders match for the NXT Women's Championship. The winner of this match gets to challenge um, Shayna Baszler for the championship. And, man, Candice LeRae defeated Io Shirai, Mia Yim, and Bianca Belair. And first off, the entrances were great. What a great way to say to everybody who's watching NXT for the first time, this is the women's division. And immediately, immediately people get to see that and they go, this women's division looks way better than WWE's main roster women's division. Way better. And uh, man, do they have some talent. Candice LeRae hit a reverse Rana on Yim and a springboard moonsault to win the match and the number one contendership. And after the match, Shayna Baszler, Marina Schaeffer, Schaeffer, yep, and <laughs> and Jessamine Duke all showed up. This is the three of the four horsewomen of, of MMA showed up and surrounded LeRae on stage, just tried to intimidate her. Nothing happened. It was just enough just enough to get you excited because number one, I'm a fan of Shayna Baszler. I, I love it when she defends the title. I'm a fan of Candice LeRae. I can't wait to see this match. If they let Candice LeRae be like real Candice LeRae, real Candice LeRae, this is going to be an amazing, amazing match. Uh, we had a, a lot of stuff also. We had Keith Lee versus uh, Dominic Dijakovic announced for next week's episode. Then you got some more matches. Cameron Grimes defeated Sean um, Maluda. Sean Maluda has got some kind of ties to the Samoan dynasty. I think he's related to Roman Reigns in some way, or, yeah, related to Roman Reigns and the Usos and all that. But he lost out to Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes is great, guys. I'm a, I'm a fan, and I uh, did a great job showcasing who he is. He's going to be a major, you know, face of the product, I think, in the coming weeks. The North American Championship. This was the main event of NXT's first hour. The North American Championship was on the line. The champion, the Velveteen Dream, defended against the Undisputed Era's Roderick Strong. And Roddy defeated the Velveteen Dream to win the North American Championship. 
what this means is that the prophecy has been fulfilled and all four members of the Undisputed Era have the gold. They are all champions. And, uh, man, this is just unbelievable. Roderick Strong capitalized on Undisputed Era's interference in the match. There was a ref bump and an end of heartache. That couldn't put the dream away. So then Adam Cole super kicked Dream behind the referee's back, and Strong hit a second end of heartache to win the match and the championship. And the Undisputed Era are holding all of the gold in NXT. Way to establish yourselves in that first run out the gate. The Undisputed Era is the dominant force right now. Shades of the Four Horsemen, shades of the NWO, shades of the Dangerous Alliance. These are four men who are incredible at what they do, and they're all holding the gold. After that, the episode moved over to WWE Network, and then we had Pete Dunne. Pete Dunne, my favorite United Kingdom champion of all time, defeating Arturo Ruas. Dunne was, he won by submission with an arm bar while uh, snapping Ruas's uh, fingers there. Another signature move. I'm so excited that Pete Dunne is on the uh, U.S. NXT roster, at least for right now. Uh, man, he's I love him. He's incredible. He's one of my favorites currently in the main product. Zia Lee defeated Aaliyah with a tornado kick. And then we got this. Uh, uh, a wrestler named um, Denzel DeJournet was supposed to face Kushida, but was attacked and destroyed by Marcel Barthel, Fabian Eichner, and Alexander Wolf of Imperium from NXT UK, United Kingdom champion Walter, finally joined them and got interrupted by Kushida, who said that this was his time. And Kushida briefly brawled with Imperium until he was caught by Walter. And Kushida barely escaped, but managed. But apparently a challenge has been made. So are we going to see Kushida versus Walter for the UK championship in the United States? Who knows? Top star of Japan? Uh, top star of Austria, championship of the United Kingdom, defended in the vacation capital of the United States. Um, I'm on board. That'd be cool. Let's see it. Let's see it happen. Let's see it happen in a couple of weeks probably when we uh, go head-to-head with AEW. Finally, we had a uh, well, two more things. We had a cruiserweight championship number one contenders match. Leo Rush defended uh, uh, defeated Oni Lorcan. And Rush won to return with his return to the WWE with a frog splash. And uh, now he's going to challenge Drew Gulak for the Cruiserweight Championship in the future. I hope it happens on Wednesday night at NXT, not on demand on 205, because that would probably be the first time I see 205 in a long, long time. The whole show ended with a street fight. Matt Riddle versus Killian Dane. It went to a no contest. I have no idea how a street fight can go to a no contest. But it did. There's no rules in a street fight. Street fights have no rules, but it ended in a no contest when the fight spilled out into the parking lot, sparking a roster ro- roster wide. I wrote this roster wide brawl, including Imperium, Street Profits, Forgotten Sons, and a dozen others. The fight continued to the back into the ring with Riddle and Dane fighting off security, and ended with Dane hitting a huge dive through the ropes onto several people. This was this a chaotic ending. That honestly is not like NXT at all. So I don't know if they said, hey, let's throw something in for the main roster fans. Let's just kind of show everybody who's there. If you wanted to show everybody who was there, have a battle royal. Have some, have a 10-man tag match. I don't know. 
but they did that with um with Riddle and Dane, and it's kind of like, I don't know. I'm not excited about Matt Riddle versus Killian Dane much anymore because they've had a few chances, and it's kind of, you know, let's let's move on. Matt Riddle should be challenging Adam Cole for the uh, NXT Championship. So that's just me. Um, a lot of stuff going on there, but listen, uh, this is just the beginning of what's going on. When we start covering this week in wrestling, I'm going to have to start getting a little bit more abbreviated in some way because there's going to be so much happening. I mean, you had Chris Jericho this week showing up on America's Got Talent, by the way, in support of a finalist. You have uh, matches announced uh, upcoming for the upcoming debut of AEW Dynamite, by the way. That's the last piece of news item. We got a name for the AEW show on Wednesday nights on TNT. It's called AEW Dynamite. And so we're going to be covering that in the coming weeks as well. So we're going to have to kind of be a little bit choosy about what we're actually talking about in depth so that we can cover it all. Because if we're covering what's happening in the week of wrestling, we got to kind of know what's happening everywhere. So just want to stop for a second and ask if you are enjoying Wrestle With Hope, please let me encourage you to make a donation to Ability Tree Florida and support their mission. Ability Tree Florida is a nonprofit that comes alongside families impacted by disability and provides rest, R-E-S-T, recreation, education, support, and training. They're currently raising funds for their rest and recreation center. It's a one-of-a-kind facility that serves as Ability Tree's home base and will allow us to connect with more underserved families to recruit volunteers, teaching them how to interact with individuals with disabilities and their families. To support Ability Tree Florida, visit AbilityTreeFloridaDonate.org. AbilityTreeFloridaDonate.org. Now, let's talk about this week in wrestling history. This week in wrestling history, we got a lot of things uh, to cover, so we're going to kind of go piece by piece here. First off, September the 14th, September the 14th, was the act was the debut of Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling. Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling cartoon made its debut in 1985 on September the 14th. Man, I remember this show when it came out. Listen, this is at the beginning. I mean, this is the beginning of the excitement of the Rock and Wrestling connection. And here you had Hulk Hogan, Wendy Richter, Junkyard Dog, Hillbilly Jim, Andre the Giant, Tito Santana. Captain Lou Albano, and more on the, the good guy side. And then you had Roddy Piper, Iron Sheik, Nikolai Volkov. Uh, you know, you had uh, Mr. Fuji. And you had all these people, by the way. And none of the action was resolved in the ring. They didn't have any kind of uh, wrestling battles during this show. Everything happened outside the ring. So it's like they had a score to settle. And then uh, here's an episode where they start their own used car shop. Like, it was just like... It was so odd to put these characters in everyday situations, but they did. It was a lot of fun. And uh, catch an episode. It does not age well at all. It does not age well. But uh, who would be... Can we do a rock and wrestling cartoon now? And who would be, like, the main person? I Like, I, I would love to see, the, like, the main person being, like, Finn Balor. Finn Balor's rock and wrestling connection, right? And then he's got everybody with him and the whole... Casting, maybe you got Braun Strowman. That would be a fun thing. Braun Strowman, a big cartoon Braun. I'd love to see that. Versus who? Who would be like the main bad guy? AJ, oh, AJ Styles. The OC would be the main bad guys of this cartoon. I'm writing it. We're putting this together right now, guy. We're going to pitch it to Netflix. Netflix does everything, and uh, I'll talk to Vince. It'll all work out. Another thing that happened on September the 14th, TJ Perkins defeated Grand, Grand Metallic. 
to win the Cruiserweight Classic and become the first WWE Cruiserweight Champion in the 205 Live era. This new era of cruiserweight of the of the cruiserweights rang in by TJP TJ Perkins when he won the cruiserweight classic. Man, I loved tuning in to the cruiserweight classic. This was just just a couple of years ago, you know, just to be able to see TJ Perkins going in and and just um, he was not even my pick to win that tournament. I didn't even expect him to win going into that tournament, but it was just so exciting to see all of that. I mean. Kota Ibushi was my pick, but I didn't even realize, oh, wait, he didn't sign a contract, so he's not going to win. I didn't even think about it in those terms. But anyway, go back and check that out whenever you get a chance on the WWE Network. This week in wrestling history on September the 16th, this was, um, this was, I honestly think, aside from the birth of the NWO, this was the, the next big event in the Monday Night Wars. This is when the NWO took on WCW at Fall Brawl 1996 in a War Games match. See, here's what happened. The NWO tried to trick WCW into thinking one of its top stars had defected over to the new world, new, 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 new world order, right? And then they debuted a fake sting. Remember fake sting? They had a fake sting and everybody involved bought it nearly without question. And that even included Lex Luger, right, who is supposed to be Sting's best pal, best buddy, the macho man Randy Savage to his Hulk Hogan, right? Lex Luger, longtime friend and tag team partner, just, he bought it. He thought Sting had gone over to the dark side of the new, 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 new world order. At Fall Brawl 1996, a War Games match between the two sides ended up proving that Sting was innocent. He showed up. He showed everyone once and for all that he had remained lo- loyal. The same could not be said for those who doubt him, which again included Lex Luger. That sent Sting over the edge, okay? Over the edge. He actually walked out on the match. WCW lost that match in war games. They had lost the war against the new world order. The next night on Nitro, it occurred on September the 16th, 1996. Sting made his way out unannounced, no music, no nothing. Symbolically, he had turned his back on the hard camera and he cut a promo letting everybody know exactly how he felt about how little faith everyone had in him when the chips were down. He said, I've carried the WCW banner. I've given my blood, my sweat, my tears for WCW. So for all those fans out there and all those wrestlers and people that never doubted the Stinger, I'll stand by you if you stand by me. But if, all, but for all the people, all the commentators, all the wrestlers, and all the best friends who did doubt me, you could stick it. I loved it, man, when he said, like, you could stick it. He said that to Hulk Hogan. No, Hulk, you stick it. And for some reason, stick it became his, like, his. Th- I love Sting. He's just so great. Stick it. He's so corny. He's so awesome. I love corny Sting. He's just, he's awesome. He's just the best. Anyway. From now on, I consider myself a free agent. What? He says, but that doesn't mean you won't see the stinger. From time to time, I'm going to pop up when you least expect it. Guys, it was a whole month. He would reappear a month later wearing all black with a trench coat and face paint looking like the crow. 
teasing that he would join the NWO before again he said, the only thing that's for sure about Sting is nothing's for sure. And then he would end up being, those would end up being his last words that he spoke on television until early 1998. Those are the last words. Listen, Sting didn't talk for a year. You talk about a slow burn. You talk about letting a storyline grow and feed itself. I mean, if this was done now, Sting would have quit WCW, come back the next week, painted up as a crow sting, and then another week later, he would win the world championship. I mean, like, that's how fast things go nowadays with storylines for some reason. But this, this was meant to just grow and grow and grow. And you were questioning, you know, is Sting, whose side is Sting on? He's a free agent, but now is he the NWO? He's wearing black and white. That's NWO colors, right? Well, who's he doing? And whatever happened to Surfer Sting? I miss Happy Go Lucky Sting. This is Emo Sting hanging out from the rafters. And I, it was just such a long, I mean, guys, for a year, a year you didn't hear from Sting. I mean, he needed time, right, to grow out his hair. He needed time to, like, you know, get the paint right and all that kind of stuff because there was a couple of tries that he did didn't really work out. But, man, what an amazing time to be a WCW fan and to see your guy, Sting. Sting was the main man. Imagine Hulk Hogan, like, in the heyday of WWF saying, I'm going away, brother. You're going to see me, but you're not going to see me for a while. And then you don't hear Hulk Hogan talk for a year. You're never going to not hear Hulk Hogan talk. Sting. Gone. It was just that was just what a time, and that was just so cool. I remember being that was probably one of the last few storylines that I just remember just kind of being wrapped up in and going, I don't know what's gonna happen. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm not looking up at the news, I'm not trying to figure out who signed what or whatever. I just I have no clue and I'm in for the ride. And that was I know NWO got convoluted later on, and I know things got really complicated eventually, but that was the sweet spot of WCW and the NWO during that whole Sting storyline. A couple other things that happened in this week in wrestling. September the 17th, 1981 in Kansas City, Missouri. The Nature Boy, Ric Flair, defeated Dusty Rhodes to win the NWA, the National Wrestling Alliance World's Heavyweight Championship. Luthez, legend, was the special guest referee, and this was Ric Flair's first World Heavyweight Championship win and eventually, he'd become a 16-time world heavyweight champion. He won. He defeated the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, the American Dream. And then he came back. He won the 10 pounds of gold. Do you remember that? The original, that, that really awesome National Wrestling Alliance championship belt. He won the 10 pounds of gold. And then eventually, he said, you need some gold. You need the gold to let everybody know that you're the champion. And he brought out the big gold belt the big one he became the world heavyweight champion september 17th 1981 and that legacy continues on to this day everybody everybody wants to be the nature boy everybody points to him as the greatest of all time i just had a conversation with somebody the other day and and i said who's the greatest wrestler of all time and i said greatest who's the greatest not your favorite not who's the one that you like, but admit it. Who is, your, who is the greatest wrestler? Ric Flair. We both agreed. Ric Flair. All in all, the entire package, everything about him. Greatest wrestler of all time, the nature boy, Ric Flair. Convince me otherwise, get in touch. Let's talk. 
This week in wrestling history, September the 20th, Sting wrestled his last match on Night of Champions, losing to Seth Rollins in the main event. Sting was hurt in the match by a Rollins turnbuckle powerbomb. I can't stand that move. Stop doing that move. It hurts people. It hurt Finn Balor. It hurt Sting. It, uh, with injuries severe enough for him to call time on his career shortly afterwards. It wasn't that long until afterwards that he retired. He actually announced his retirement at the Hall of Fame uh, the following year. And that's it. We lost Sting as a wrestler. We'll never, we will never get that WrestleMania Sting versus Undertaker match. Never. Uh, and, and granted, listen, that wasn't a great match between him and Rollins. Sting was, you know, he, he was he was fading out. It was his time. Um, but man, I just I hate seeing guys go out like that. Sting having to leave because of injury. Bret Hart having to leave because of injury. Those are the kind of things I'm like, man, I I wish that that didn't happen so we could just see one more, like so we could see that that one more match. Um, and uh, and and you know, there you have it. So Sting wrestled his last match September the twentieth in twenty fifteen against Seth Rollins, losing to him in the main event. But hey, you know what? He got to wrestle for the championship. He got to wrestle one more time for the championship. It was great to be able to see him. Great to see him on at WrestleMania. It wasn't exactly the ending that I wished for him there either. But you know, it was just, it, it was just really awesome to see him get some kind of WWE run uh, to wind down his time. I'd love to see him back in some other capacity. I don't know why we couldn't do that. You know, get him to kind of give the rub to somebody else and get you know get get behind them on some stuff. So I'd I'd love to see Sting come back and in that way anytime soon. Uh, something new we wanted to do, just kind of uh, run through uh, just some notable wrestlers with birthdays. Just to kind of, there's some guys' names that we we don't mention very often, and uh, they're notable, and they had birthdays this week, and uh, one we lost. We lost one of them two years ago. So let's talk about notable birthdays in wrestling, notable wrestlers with birthdays. Here we go. Mad Dog Vashon had a birthday this uh, this week. The GM, the general manager, Theodore R. Long, Teddy Long, holla holla, holla holla. Adorable Adrian Adonis had a uh, had a birthday this week. Phil Lafon of the famous tag team Furnace and Lafon. He uh he won uh, he has a uh, birthday this week. Celebrating a birthday, eternally forty, ladies and gentlemen, the inter- the enforcer Arn Anderson doesn't look a day older than forty. Doesn't look a day younger than forty. Will always be a forty year old man. The enforcer Double A Arn Anderson Greg. The Hammer Valentine, former Intercontinental Champion, former Tag Team Champion, celebrating a birthday. Wild Bill Irwin, one of the uh, jobbers with personality. I always used to say between him and Iron Mike Sharp and all that, you always remembered Wild Bill Irwin's name. Uh, you don't remember the Goon so much. That was his other persona. But Wild Bill Irwin, man, check him out. Gentlemen, James E. Cornette, Jim Cornette, celebrating a birthday this week. The uh, Japanese contingent of the NWO, the leader of the ja- of, of NWO Japan, Masahiro Chono, from uh, the uh, commentary desk. You got a birthday this week, a uh, modern birthday. Renee Young, um, Renee Young, she uh, celebrated her birthday. Na 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 Renee Young, Renee Renee Young. Anyway, that was a chant that they sang at the Hall of Fame. Never forget it. The song sticks in my head every time I hear the name. Renee Young. Also, lastly, a notable birthday this week goes out to Jerry Briscoe. Jerry Briscoe, listen, a multi-time tag team champion, multi-time singles champion, Jerry Briscoe, one of the Stooges back in the Monday Night War era, always bringing the entertainment. Just join social media. His stuff is really, really funny. Go and check him out. And if you happen to be in Tampa, 
go to Briscoe Brothers Automotive. Always worth the drive. So make sure you check them out. We lost somebody special two years ago. Um, our notable loss this week goes out to Bobby, the brain Heenan. Uh, there is probably, if Ric Flair is the greatest wrestler of all time, Bobby the Brain Heenan has to be the greatest wrestling manager of all time. Um, and uh, go back, watch his stuff. There's a lot of highlights on YouTube. But uh, nobody, nobody was like the Brain. Nobody will ever be like the Brain as well. Moving on to the Wrestling with Hope Word of the Week. And uh, the Word of the Week this week is this. It came upon me because I was kind of going through um, just some stuff, looking at my calendar, looking at all the stuff that I had to do, trying to squeeze in. I wanted to go to a couple of wrestling shows. I wanted to check some stuff out, and I really got a, a chance to look at my calendar as a whole. And I started getting really stressed, and I started getting really overwhelmed. And so I know that in the fall, we kind of begin to do that. We start to pile on and pile on and pile on all these different um events and the calendar starts to fill and you start thinking about when am I going to have time to get everything done? When am I going to have time to go and, and look at stuff? Man, I started looking at the week's calendar thinking about all the wrestling that's going to be on TV. Going, man, I just jumped into this podcast and I want to cover what's going on in the week of wrestling and now we've like literally added eight more hours of content you know, uh, throughout the, this week. How am I going to do that? Well, so the word of the week is overwhelmed. And the word overwhelmed uh, is definitely one that kind of just glances over um, all of our vocabularies, especially when we head into the fall, then to the winter and all the holidays and everything like that. And so I just wanted to encourage you. There's a saying that I always like to say when it comes to being overwhelmed. And I just want to share with you guys this way. It's okay to not be okay. But it's not okay to stay that way. It's okay to not be okay. But it's not okay to stay that way. I want to just give you some encouragement. Uh, the book of James, chapter 5, verses 14 through 15, it says this. Is any one of you sick? Well, he should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in, in the name of the Lord. And the, and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. And if he sinned, he'll be forgiven. You know, the, the idea behind this is this. If you're not okay, tell somebody. If you're not okay and you want to share that with somebody and, and, and you want to get some help, get some help. If you're not okay and you need some relief, ask for some relief. But don't just stay not okay and think, well, that's just normal. Everybody has got stuff. Everybody's got stuff. But everybody also has the capacity to help somebody else out. And so the word of the week this week is overwhelmed. And if you are overwhelmed, let me just encourage you. It's okay to not be okay. But it's not okay to stay that way. Ask for help. Get the help that you need. Get the healing that you need so that you can face the next day. Overwhelmed. That's the word of the week on Wrestling With Hope. I hope you connect with us. Wrestlingwithhope at gmail.com is the email. I'd love to hear your thoughts on what's happening in the week of wrestling. I'd love to hear your questions as well. Reach out to us on Instagram at WrestleWithHope. On Twitter at Wrestle with Hope and find us on Facebook at Wrestle with Hope. Support Ability Tree Florida. If you've enjoyed the podcast, go ahead and check out Ability Tree Florida Donate.org. Ability Tree Florida Donate 
Org. want to say a big thank you to Josiah Williams for his song, Number One Contender, as our theme song. Follow him at J. Dean Williams and Wrestle at, Flo- at Wrestle and Flow. Big thank you so much for the use of that song as our theme song. A big thank you to Extra Cooler for the artwork in our logo. And once again, this is your host, Wayne Cordova, signing off. Remember, if God is for you, who can dare stand against you? Until next week, then, this would be Gordon Soley saying so long from the Sunshine State.